0: What we've seen is we're really good at driving the traffic and we're really good at converting the traffic. Where we get stuck is in that middle phase, consideration phase where people are like, well, oh, there's 25 different power stations that can look at and we convert some of them, but some of them get spun off into competitors. So I think one of the things we're looking at is saying, how do we actually take that middle consideration phase and almost eliminate it? Can we bring people back from Amazon to GoalZero.com where they learn without all the noise of the marketplace.
1: Brands are facing fierce competition in this ever-evolving e-commerce landscape. More often than not, shoppers do a general product search on Google or Amazon, of course, and hundreds if not thousands of brands are trying to fight for that same sale. It's a hard arena to win in, and every company is trying to find shortcuts and strategies to give them an edge. You've probably seen some of those strategies, Think about the products on Amazon where their title is keyword stuffed to the max, just so maybe the item will appear slightly higher in search. And there are plenty more wacky Amazon tricks that a lot of brands are trying right now. Goal Zero is one of those brands trying to figure out the secret sauce, but approaching it in a much different manner. And Patrick Keller, the head of marketing and e-commerce at Goal Zero may have finally solved the mystery, but the answer is not what you may be expecting. On this episode of Up Next in Commerce, Patrick tells us that there are a few key strategies to unlocking more conversions on Amazon, and he discusses how they view authenticity and increasing brand awareness. TLDR, it takes great messaging, some big bets, and a lot of long-term thinking. Oh, and some pretty cool products too. Here are all the details on this episode. Before we dive into this episode, I was hoping you could please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It helps spread the word about the show and I would really love it. So please let me know how I'm doing and give me a rating, give me a review. Let us know. All right, enjoy the episode. Really quick, I want to say thank you, thank you to our awesome sponsor, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And I'm going to allow them to give you the inside scoop into some of the findings from their most recent State of
2: Commerce report. Hi, this is John from Salesforce. Did you know that companies of all sizes and industries power their digital customer journeys with Commerce Cloud? Salesforce Commerce Cloud delivers B2B and B2C commerce, as well as order management around the globe. And with Commerce Cloud, you can engage with your customers anywhere and personalize interactions everywhere. Scale and innovate with ease and drive some serious growth for your business. And speaking of innovation, we recently surveyed nearly 1,400 commerce leaders and analyzed the consumer shopping and business buying behavior of more than 1 billion customers worldwide. And we uncovered emerging trends that will influence how companies can be successful and stay ahead in this ever-evolving landscape. To check out the trends we discovered, go to sfdc.co slash commerce insights. That's sfdc.co slash commerce insights, one word.
1: Everyone, and welcome back to Up Next in Commerce. I'm your host, Stephanie Postal's CEO over here at Mission.org. Today on the show, we have Patrick Keller, head of marketing and e commerce at Goal Zero. Patrick, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's fantastic to be here.
1: I'm excited to have you on. So I, I think I needed Goal Zero back in the snowstorm in Austin. So I'm in Austin. I forgot to tell you that. But we did not have power, we were struggling over here, and I did not have. Any products that I apparently needed. And now I went to Goal Zero's website and I realized this is all I needed. I just didn't know about it. So I'd love to start there. What is Goal Zero?
0: Yeah, exactly. So Go- Goal Zero makes portable power. And uh, it ranges from small portable power to use to back up your phone, all the way to uh, to, to really massive uh, energy storage that you can use to run key circuits of your home for, for days. And so we kind of play in that portable power. It's all battery based. So it's, uh, it's clean, renewable, and, Mm -hmm. uh, and and really easy to use. So that's kind of it in a nutshell.
1: Yeah. And it also looks nice. I mean, I saw in some of the uh, product pictures, it's like on your counter, you have this huge battery power, portable battery station. And I'm like, okay, I would have that around because it's not a big, huge thing like other, you know, energy sources that at least like pack up, backup generators and whatnot that I know my parents used to suggest that I get back in the day.
0: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's new technology, but it's exactly right. I mean, I think the, uh, that's one of our differentiators in our, in our industrial design is something we, we're proud of and we, we spend a lot of time working on.
1: Yeah, that's great. So before we dive more into Goal Zero, I was hoping we could walk through your background a bit because I've seen you have had an interesting e-commerce journey and I'd love to hear kind of, you know, where you started and where you've been.
0: Oh, man, I, I hope we don't take up the whole interview with my, uh, with my background because it's, 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 it wasn't a straight shot, that's for sure. I, I, I left college with a marketing degree and became a fly fishing guide and then, uh, and then followed my passions to a company called Orvis uh, based out of Vermont, where my first role was really analyzing the performance of catalogs. You now, uh, do we give pants more square inches? Do we give shirts less? You know, This product uh, needs to be more heavily promoted and this was back in like 2005, 2006 when eCom was still kind of in its infancy. It was a lot of, you know, educational resource. Yeah, we should have a website, but we don't really know exactly what to do with it. And, and so my next role really was, well, geez, you're doing a good job of, of building the overall conversion rate on our catalogs. Can you do that with our website? And so we started building out, you know, in the early days of web merchandising. You know, can we promote products and boost and bury and use kind of common metrics like sales per page view? To actually drove, drive a significant improvement in in website conversion, and honestly, it was a huge success, I and mean, that was uh, that was big. So that led to uh, uh, eventually me kind of taking a sidestep into catalog, and and I, I managed the Orvis catalog business for for a few years, as well as their email, and that was really good at understanding customer segmentation, how to go through and parse lists, how to find you know demographic overlays and and psychographic overlays, and just really use customer data to make sure your, your, your catalog was mailed to the right people, the right message was delivered. So that set me up really well for, for a foray into digital advertising. You know, how can we uh, make sure that our digital ads are as focused as, as our, our, our catalog ads and, you know, ran uh, the, the, the digital advertising for for Orbis for a few years. And then, you know, I'm from Utah originally, and I wanted to move back out West to uh, to the to the wasatch and uh so i took a job with uh sundance catalog same thing you know kind of grew their whole ecom business uh, uh and then eventually Goal zero approached me after about four years at sundance and said do you want to come work for this like scrappy startup uh you know down in, in, in utah and i said yeah let's give it a shot and it was absolutely awesome it's been a, just a roller coaster of a ride and and Goal zero has you know in the last five years has, has 4X their revenue. So, you know, Amazing. really explosive growth and really fun. That's really
1: cool. So what does your best day in the office look like at goal 0 I'm like, what are you doing these days versus when you first joined this scrappy startup?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're a lot bigger, you know, yeah. so uh, we have more resources and we're doing a lot of different techniques that were just kind of like, we couldn't even imagine these types of techniques four years ago, you know, like mass media, television, mm-hmm. you know, some of those things that we're, we're, we're te- stepping into, but You know, a good day at, uh, at, at goal zero, you know, we're still like to be outside, like to be, uh, active people. So uh, a couple of us will go and do a backcountry ski in the morning, come down to the office, you know, have some meetings, talk strategy, you know, talk about, uh, how we're going to deliver messages, you know, who we're going to target. What's the best way to you know convey a message about this somewhat nascent product and category, and then, uh, finish it off with, uh, you know, maybe a beer after work and, and, and call it a day.
1: Man, this is the life. I need to come over and uh, join you guys. For it's not days. bad. I'm telling you, Being you know, we have a lot of
0: fun. Yeah, we have a lot of fun.
1: That's awesome. So how does it differ? I mean, you're at Orvis and you're, I mean, I think they've been around for like 150 years or something. And Exactly right. Okay. You're selling like a fun, leisurely, fly fishing type products and all that. Then moving to like a utility product where yeah. you feel like you don't really need it until you need it. Like my Austin experience. So how did you have to kind of shift your mindset to selling a product like that?
0: You know what the hardest part is, is everyone knows what a fly rod is. Everyone knows what a pair of khaki pants is. There's no explanation of Mm -hmm. like, you know, you start at a certain just understanding and then you talk about benefits. With a portable power station, very few people in the US know what a portable power station is. You actually have to start a step back and say, let me introduce you to something you have never heard about. Yeah. And then let me convince you why you need this, you know, anywhere from 400 to, to, to $5,000 thing in your home, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's a much longer burn. And, and, and really there's a, a, it's a lot more complicated than how we educate customers. You know, it doesn't start with, Oh, I, do I buy an Apple iPhone or, or a Google pixel? You know, that's, it's, you know, it's, it's not that simple. You have to say, Hey, let me make you aware of this thing. And then that this thing exists and then walk you down the funnel for just a, a long consideration. We see, Few people will buy who have done research offline or through other various means will buy the day they come to the site. Most of them it's 90 plus day transaction. Wow. You know, we'll see we'll see a slow burn for 90 days and then you know a lot of a lot of a lot of conversions.
1: So what are you doing in those 90 days to bring them down the funnel? What do those tactics look like behind the scenes? Because I'm even yeah. thinking of like me, me trying to explain the product in the very beginning. I'm like, oh I don't even know like what you would call it and you know what? it Like, how to even explain this because it's just not something that I'm even used to buying and talking about. So, I'd be interested to hear, kind of, like, what does that look like behind the scenes for you?
0: Yeah. So we we, we kind of break it into two parts. There is the before you've come to the website, and that could be PR, that could be trade shows, that could be television, radio, podcast, you know, a variety of ways. That we're just trying to say here's something you know, just like uh, you, know, you could be really beneficial to you and, and your family and, and just all the things you like to do come to com. Once they've come to GoalsZero.com, then we can open up a whole host of opportunities of, you know, how do we get educational messaging? How do we do differentiation between us and our competitors? How do we uh, do differentiation between us and like gas generators, you know, and we'll, we'll spend a lot of time, you know, reviewing our website saying, Hmm, like, you know, I'm not sure this is the best way to, 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 to talk about home energy storage uh, let's, let's, you know, let's change that up. And so we'll put you through and try to get you to sign up for emails. We'll do a banner browse, you know, uh, we'll do remarketing display. Uh, we'll try to find you on Amazon. You know, we'll try to find you uh, in retail stores and say, Hey, if you want to actually see this thing in person, check out our, our retail funder. We use a, a company called locally, which actually does an inventory feed uh, to us so that we know not only do they carry goal zero kind of like a, in a blanket statement, but we know that this product specifically is in stock at this store at this time. Mm -hmm. So we can drive customers to go see it in person and give them a chance to, you know, touch, feel, pick it up, explore it a little bit before they transact.
1: Oh, yeah, that's really interesting. So when talking about like top of funnel, you're saying you guys are trying everything like TV, mass media, podcasts. What are you exploring there? And how do you view things like, you know, TV versus like podcasting, which everyone is seeming to try and lean into that now. Like, what are you guys seeing um, on that front?
0: Yeah, so it's, you know, it's funny. We're... uh, We're definitely stepping our toes into it. We're not doing anything full-scale national-wise yet. I think the first one we're doing is probably a national uh, podcast. But last year in 2020, uh, we did a lot of TV commercials. So we said, let's start with something that seems to have a high level of success. So there was two areas. Number one was California with the power shutdowns, Mm -hmm. right? Like uh, anytime the winds get over 20 miles an hour, California, Northern California shuts the 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 grid down to rest. Oh, I know.
1: I moved from there. I moved to Austin and then a snowstorm hit. I'm like, what the heck?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Right. So uh we said, geez, if it's gonna work, it's gonna work in California first. Mm -hmm. Let's let's try that. And so we did a really kind of cool TV commercial. We spent a lot of time uh walking through customers through the versatility and just showcasing this product and saying, come to, you know, and then we hit them up with social media messaging, uh, we, we, we had a custom landing page where they could come to and just really kind of say, chances are you've never heard of this, let me just explain and walk you through all the, the benefits this product provides. We got them to sign up for emails, we, uh, we were able to hit them with display, and, and then we kind of mirrored some of that over on Amazon as well, saying, you know, what we're doing on Goalser.com, Two people choose to shop on Amazon because it's easy and convenient, let's make sure that that's, a lot of that content is, is transferred over there as well. We also did the Gulf Coast, so, you know, Houston, all the way down to Miami, uh, we, you know, we targeted a lot of TV ads there as well. It was, it was a record year for, for uh, storms, you know, mm-hmm. specifically tropical storms and hurricanes. And so we wanted to make sure that, you know, this is the people who are highly aware of power images. Their power was out for a good portion of you know, weeks on end for in some cases for, for, for uh, a good portion of the summer. So we targeted those two areas and we had you know, very specific metrics uh, all the way through. Some of it was, how much traffic are we gonna drive to the website? based on that traffic, what is the conversion rate in the AOV need to be in order for us to hit our, hit our you know, sales goals? And you know, we worked really closely with our agencies to say, as we're planning this out, do you think we can drive this much traffic? You know What you know, What are the reasons or what do we need to do differently? What is the call to action? And then we did a lot of A-B testing. We would have the full 30-second commercial and then we'd cut that down into 15 and 10-second shorts that we could do a lot of like YouTube and, and, and digital uh, advertising with. We would have Five different variations that we could just go through and say this one seems to be driving the most call that or most traffic to the site. This one seems to have a higher conversion rate. You know, let's let's blend these two together and and, and and target those. So, you know, long story. I think that it was a really cool experience. We learned a ton, and 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 I think the results were promising enough that you now we're excited to kind of continue to push uh, uh, into broader audiences and more and more mainstream. Yep.
1: That's yeah. That's really cool. Test. How do you? How did you think about attribution from tv whereas like youtube very easy you know running your 15 second clips on there but did you have a certain cta on you know the ads on tv to get people to go somewhere or like how did you think about tracking that and what did that roi look like versus just something anyone could get into like a youtube or yeah direct advertising
0: yeah so we, we you know we did a lot of it in in just comparison saying here's the geographic dmas these things are running in how does that compare to to areas where it's not running? Mm-hmm. Did we see a lift over time? And then just kind of measure that. So I'll give you an example. Like uh, we took a look and said, during the time these ads are running, what was the daily average traffic to boulder.com from California, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we said, oh, we saw a 300% increase. Uh, what was it on non-targeted DMAs? Oh, it was flat or down five. You know, we could kind of get some just basic, you know, looks at saying, yeah, it appears to have driven high levels of traffic from there. We went through and said how many of those people came specifically to our landing page that we had set up, the Choose Power landing page. Uh, that was a good indicator of whether they were just randomly coming or specifically coming because of this. Uh, you know, in the case of the, the Gulf Coast campaign, it was nice because even within a specific state, you know, there were some DMAs that got it and some that didn't. So California was kind of all of California. You had to make a few more assumptions about, yeah, this appears to have really significant traffic over the, the control group. But with, uh, with the Gulf Coast, we could say, well, geez, we hit Houston, but we didn't hit Austin. You know, mm-hmm. what are the differences between there? We hit Houston, but not San Antonio, you know, so we could kind of go through these specific DMAs and see lifts and it was a you know, rudimentary kind of A-B test that, that, that we learned a lot from.
1: Yeah, that's great. So what was uh, your favorite campaign that you guys ran? Because I could see some really fun, creative ways to, you know, sell Goal Zero. And so what kind of things did you guys experiment with or any fun campaigns yeah. that you're like, this is a good one?
0: No, it, you know, it, I came from a highly analytical background, you know, so when I took over the creative team, I was always like, well, we need to put numbers behind it, you know, and, we, yeah. and, and that, you know, learning to embrace uh, my creative side has been really cool. We ran a campaign for our 10-year anniversary called Ode to the Road, where we went on a uh, two-week road trip and like stopped at all these kind of cool places and produced a lot of really cool content. And it was this like uh, traveling, you know, video uh, blog, you know, that we could kind of follow along. As you went, and it was so much fun. I mean, you have to watch it. It's just really cool people, really engaging content. And just, again, it goes back to showing the versatility of what we can do and, uh, and what our products can power. And it's things like we set up uh, Dometic fridges uh, full of like cold beer and ice cream in the middle of uh, the, the Pacific Crest Trail. And so mm-hmm. people would be like coming out of the desert, you know, after these long, arduous miles. And they say, do you want ice cream? Do you want a cold beer? And everyone's like, oh my God, you know, Trail Angels just fun, you know, cool stuff. We had a massive outdoor dinner on the coast in Santa Barbara, and the entire thing, you know, the grills, everything was powered by Google Zero. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's creative, cool, uh, engaging content. It's, it's just, it's a lot of fun.
1: Hey there, are you enjoying the show so far? Well, imagine your company's advertising placed right in this very spot during a future interview with another elite e-commerce mind. Imagine your messaging and logo directly connected to the industry's most prominent innovators and thought leaders distributed across every major podcast platform and social network. Yeah, well, it's time to stop imagining. Learn how you can partner with Upnext in Commerce and sponsor this very show. Reach out to me at stephanie@mission.org at and let's have a conversation. That also just makes me think branded content and it could be, you know, full on series, Netflix series is the way of the future. I mean, we've heard from so many guests that organic and natural is definitely, you know, the way to sell nowadays, but also having your product integrated in a way that doesn't feel salesy. And to me, branded content Mm -hmm. like that seems like the way of the future. Have you guys thought about exploring that even more? And which also goes back to the whole like companies turning into media companies and thinking that way now going forward. Like, how are you thinking about that for the next couple of years?
0: Yeah, no, I think a lot of it is we're listening closely to the voice of the customer, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, one of the things I really like about goals Zero and I really like about my job is it's just, there's, there's surprises around every corner, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you'll hear these stories about, Hey, I used goals Zero to power this you know obscure, weird thing that you just never even thought of. Yeah. And like, suddenly you hear that there's a ton of people doing this and you can kind of start building campaigns and start building contents around that. And so one of the things we like to do is we'll run a periodically kind of like a, you know, uh, how do you Yeti or, you know, Yetis are portable power stations mm-hmm. they're called. And, um, you know, you get these great stories back of people being like, you know what, like, uh, you know, I use it to power my my insulin pump. You know, when I'm outside, like, you know, normally it's kind of prohibited. I can't be more than a couple hours away from from an outlet because I need to have my insulin pump working. You know, now I can go backpacking. I can, you know, I can do these. You know, the, we had a story on uh, that over the road. A man was powering his prosthetic limb with some of our products. You know, for, to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. So I think you're right. I think there is a ton of of stories that we look at and say. How can we tell a story that aligns with our core values, that aligns with us as a brand, and then softly references some of our products in the background? And it's, you know, it's mostly about that question of, is it authentic? And, and is it engaging? Is it engaging to a, to a mass of people? And if we can answer those questions, and then we can say, it has a, a loose tie to a, to a specific product or at least a group of zero products. Yeah, we, we're looking at producing higher quality content, more cinematic style content that we can then use on TV we can use in a variety of ways yep. and then at a larger scale we always partner with cinematic expeditions right so a lot of our ambassadors will go out and say we we're climbing everest we need to power you know power all of our red cameras and power our drones and power all the you know the backup uh storage and our, our you know our stuff does that and so we will sponsor that movie that nat geo episode or whatever
1: yeah i mean i think that's also just much longer term thinking than kind of quick hit campaigns and you know like always having to think about like adjusting ad units every single day and ad fatigue. I feel like sponsoring or creating content like that will have longer, you know, longer ROIs and could be relevant if you have them shot in an evergreen way for like years mm-hmm. to come, which I think is why it's such an exciting angle to be thinking that way.
0: You know, I think for us, what we always look at is brand and category awareness. You know, it's one of those things I'm going back to what we discussed earlier, which is nobody knows what a portable power station is. Mm-hmm. And so we have to, you know, it is a really long burn to to get somebody to understand it, identify that they need it, and then pull the trigger on a a very expensive item. And so, you know, we do, we go back and just realize that like part of that brand building, part of that awareness is just, it's critical. It's not, we have a product that when people get it, and they're like, oh, I need this. Like, you know, yeah, it it clicks. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to continually kind of get that word out there through, through, through really engaging authentic content.
1: Did you have to make any quick pivots when the pandemic hit? Because I could see, you know, in person, like you're mentioning, touching it, being able to pick it up, see, you know, how light or not light it is would be an important part of the sales process. Did you have to kind of pivot to a different strategy when people could not as easily go in stores and maybe even now are still reluctant to, you know, go out and see it in person?
0: We saw a massive shift online for sure. Like, uh, you know, our partners were selling predominantly online, Uh, our GoogleZero.com and Amazon uh, increased dramatically. We didn't plan for hundred percent growth, you know, as a result of COVID. Mm-hmm. So our inventory was an issue. And like, you know, kudos to our supply chain team. They, 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 they were pulling in orders and then doing whatever we could to actually get enough inventory to support it. And even then, we still ran out for periods of time, like long periods of time. Mm-hmm. So I think that was probably the biggest thing we faced was it wasn't a lack of interest or, you know, no, people weren't willing to buy online. It was, yeah, they 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 easily transitioned to you know, managing inventory, managing expectations, how do we alert people that we're back in stock? You know, those are all things that we had to deal with, as well as just managing growth internally as an in organization.
1: Yep. Did you have to change anything substantially around your inventory management and like the logistics in the back end that now are completely different than what they were maybe a year ago?
0: We set up a, a, an allocation meeting, you know, between all the departments and just said, you know, here's how we're going to to look at this and make sure that we're trying to. Service all of our wholesale partners. Make sure we're servicing our utility partners. Make sure that when people come to GoalZero.com, they can use locally to, to find product or, 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 you know, hopefully be able to buy it there as well. So, I wouldn't say that it was a massive shift in how we did things, but it was a lot more focused. You know, we would have meetings twice a week. You know, with uh, the executive team specifically on that topic of are we servicing our customers to the best of our possible ability? You know, and like, I think that was just the amount of time spent. It used to be a monthly meeting and now it was two times a week, you know? So really more than anything, it was just the focus was always on when's our next shipment coming? When will it arrive? When can we start selling it? When can we get this out to our wholesale partner? I mean, those were were very common conversations. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. That definitely seems hard, especially when you're growing as quickly as you all were to try and scramble. And, but I also think that now customers seem to be okay with things like inventory maybe you know not having something in stock as long as it says it's going to be in stock this date and you know you can buy it now and it'll ship when it's ready it just seems like that messaging maybe was missing before all this where it's like if i have clear expectations and i know when i could get it i'm fine if it's not in stock right now but a lot of times you would just try and order something you know a year ago and just wouldn't wouldn't be there and you wouldn't know why and is it coming back and it was just kind of like a black box
0: yeah there was some we, we, we stubbed our toe a bit on, on on you know customer service side of things so goal zero we we measure Nps religiously it's just something that we really hold near and dear and we, we have best in class nps and you know, for the last few years we've averaged about seventy, which is, is Costco Apple yeah, you know, that's great. leading leading NPS levels and a big portion of that is our solution center. people can call in ask questions, and just the inundation of calls it was taking half an hour to answer the phone you know and so you know, having to rapidly staff uh, uh, staff up, as well as just implement new technology. You know, the ability to have customers uh, uh, leave their number, we would call them back when they when they, when they finally met their Game queue. changing, <laughs> changing the verbiage on the website saying, "Hey, our, our call center is completely swamped. Like, can we chat with you here? Can we can we answer you via email? Like, there was just a whole bunch of things that we had to implement very quickly and very effectively because just the the unexpected." Uh, volume that came through was, 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 was a bit shocking.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's cool to think about how you guys pivoted though, to just send customer you know, service requests in different directions, depending on where the resources were strapped at, which I think a lot of companies still need to do that. Or even just the simple, let me call you back type thing. As long as you call back. So now that you're out of scramble mode, what, what were some of your favorite or what are some of your favorite things that you're testing out right now? It can be around the website. It can be around, you know, logistics. Like what are you most excited about where, like, I think this could have big results on conversions on, you know, any reducing the 90 day sales funnel, but we're not sure yet.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. I think there is endless opportunity. I think the, 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 there's not a matter of opportunity. It's how we prioritize it and what is the biggest bang for the buck. And so I think the, uh, the thought process there is we have the ability to you know, we're, we're currently in a, in a locked dev environment, so we have to outsource all of our dev work, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's slow. You know, I think we want to be a lot faster, a lot more nimble, mm-hmm. and and the ability to kind of go through our, our our funnel and make sure that we are converting at the best possible uh, rate mm-hmm. is is a key strategy for 2021. And so, right now, we have a group of executives, uh, my my ecom director, and, and some of my uh, senior staff. You know, all focused on how do we explain our home energy storage, right? Because it's complicated. I think, you know, uh, Stephanie, you said, I was, I was in Austin, I could have used your stuff. But like, if you would have come to the site, you'd have been like, geez, there is 40 things I can choose from here. What's yeah. the right one for me? Yeah. I'm telling you, know, the, the questions we get all the time are, what will it power and for how long? On a singular item, that's easy. Oh, this will charge your cell phone three times. No, this will run your full-size fridge for, for a week. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you start putting in mixes, hey, I want to run... My fridge. I want to run my my kitchen lights. You know, there's, there's all these circuits you can kind of wire in, a hard wire into your home.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now you start kind of complicating things and making a very complex process. So we're just going through that process of saying, here's all the things that a conservative user can power for how long, and this is the you know the, 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 the kit for you all the way to hey, if you want to just live, you know, high on the hog with, uh, with power usage and, and not conserve at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's the kit for you, you know, and, it's, and then there's various myriad of things in between. So it's a, it's a, it's a complex, complicated conversation that is very easy in store. It's very easy at a trade show. It's really hard online. Yeah. And so we spend a lot of time thinking about how to, how to best say that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it brings me back to my Google days, trying to think about how to explain how much storage people need, you know, on phones Mm -hmm. or like what that looks like. And, you know, talking in more technical terms of like how much storage you need, like no one knows, do you need, you know, this many gigabytes, this many, like who the heck knows versus if you just say, this will hold 20,000 pictures and, you know, all the podcasts you could ever download or whatever you want. And, you know, this, you're like, oh, okay, I'll just choose that. Or I don't need that much. And putting it in more layman's terms or just pictures, I can imagine you just being like, Steph, you can power your whole house if it's under the square feet, and you have this many appliances, and you're good. I'm like, okay, great. I just want to just know that, and nothing, you know, too technical.
0: That is absolutely. It. And then on the flip side, there's absolutely people who want to get crazy in the weeds, yeah. you know. And so, like uh, some of our engineers, as we bring them into the conversation, they're like, "Oh, this is not enough data. I need to know exactly the watts and the amps and the voltages, and you know, ah. and they're, they're they're dissecting everything. Yeah. And then, the, you know, there's me who shows up to your point. I'm like. Just tell me what to buy and, you know, I want it and and we're good to go. So we have to find that balance of providing both customer types, both shoppers, uh, the experience they're looking for.
1: Yeah. You're just like, will this run my kegerator? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) After
0: I get done skiing, will will my beer be cold?
1: Yeah, that's all I need. That's all I need in life. That's cool. So are there any other um, big things like that that you're also focusing on other than, you know, the messaging, which is, I think a lot of brands struggle with that, especially as they approach something more technical or when they're trying to, we've heard a lot of them talk about like the difference between selling your mission and selling your product. How do you think about that and all that? So that's definitely a theme that I've heard, but is there anything else that you guys are working on that you're excited about?
0: Yeah. So we've got a couple of big initiatives. Uh, I think the next one is looking at how we target potential customers and really getting deep into the, not just demographic, but psychographic mm-hmm. uh, conversation. So our current customers, I think we have a really good understanding of, you know, and our ability to, to target them, to message them, to find out how and where they're shopping, why they buy our products. I think we, we do a, a reasonably good job of people who are not in our current sphere, but are absolutely looking for, 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 for our product. Uh, we got to get better at saying, how do we speak to these people who may not be on social media? You know, they, they may not be Amazon customers. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we find them, engage with them, speak to them? So that's a big push for us and something we're spending a lot of time on. Some of the other things we're looking at is, again, expanding our, our mass media uh, campaign, mm-hmm. uh, doubling down there, continuing to push TV, podcasts, radio, uh, billboards, you know, uh, just kind of getting at a broader level. Again, all for this kind of brand awareness. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, we are uh, we're coming out with a new content series, to your point, you know, super mm-hmm. high-end cinemagraphic type, you know, uh, shooting and, 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 and the camera work and really robust, engaging stories that we're excited to kind of share with, with, with our customers.
1: So how do you think about uh, selling on Amazon? Because to me, people who are on there, they get a much different experience versus going on your website. They can go through all you know, the video series and really like get in with your brand and go from start to finish in mm-hmm. probably a better way than when you're on Amazon and you're clicking around and browsing and you've got you know, competing products all around you. And like, how do you approach those two different platforms?
0: Yeah, that's a recent discussion for us. And so historically, Amazon has always kind of an afterthought. you know, like, hey, we're just going to throw our our ASINs up there and and people who want to shop on Amazon can shop on Amazon. If they Mm want to buy from Goal Zero, that's where they're going to find the rich content. That's where they're going to find all the the great stories and the great videos. We're going to send them to retail stores where they got experts. And so Amazon is kind of like, yeah, we'll put it up there. And for the people who want to just type in Goal Zero, buy our product, we're, we're there. And then we went and did a sizing exercise, and just, what is the size of the, of the power station market on Amazon? And it was it's grown tremendously, you know, mm-hmm. significantly. And so we said, well, we've got to we got to start playing here meaningfully. And so this year specifically, we're doing a lot of work around you know top of funnel. You know, can we look at at, at, at attracting customers and making them aware who are starting their, their shopping process on Amazon? Mm-hmm. Normally, what we're saying is start it, you know, via TV. PR, trade shows, closer.com, and then eventually come and transact on Amazon. We're saying we want to actually find people who their very first search for backup power or home resiliency is on Amazon,
3: mm-hmm.
0: attracting those people and then working them down the funnel. I think that we're a premium product. Amazon is a marketplace that really stresses on lower cost value uh, products. Mm-hmm. And so what we've seen is we're really good at driving the traffic and we're really good at converting the traffic where we get stuck is in that middle phase and consideration phase where people are like, well, geez, there's 25 different power, you know, power stations I can look at Mm -hmm. and we convert some of them, but some, you know, spun off into, into, uh, competitors. So I think one of the things we're looking at is saying, how do we actually take that middle consideration phase and and almost eliminate it? You know, Mm -hmm. can we bring people back from Amazon to goals where they learn, Without all the the noise of the marketplace, the the the, the, the myriad of ads, you know, and then and, and have them really get the, the the full Goal zero experience, see our differentiators, see why we you know we as a brand have succeeded, and then bring them back to Amazon to convert. So mm-hmm. you know, I think that in conversations with Amazon and just around, I think that's one of the things that premium brands struggle with across the board is, geez, you know, we're really good at, at, at our content's good enough to capture them, and 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 you know people who see the premium differentiators are going to buy is that you know consideration phase where you just you lose a lot shuffle. So Mm -hmm. that's our focus is 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 make them goal zero diehards before they they actually are ready to convert on Amazon.
1: Yep. It does seem like Amazon's also changing when it comes to customer expectations of going there and being ready to buy more expensive products. I mean I even think you know back in the day like you said, you would just go there and be like, I just want the cheapest commodity type good. And, you know, it's probably on Amazon. And now, I mean, Amazon's selling high-end furniture and like live plants that are really expensive. And it seems like they're kind of shifting their customers. um, Like they're kind of adapting to their needs and being ready to sell higher-end things, which, you know, to your point, is maybe a great place to start when it comes to, you know, getting the people right where they start searching in there and then targeting them afterwards to get them to convert in either place, maybe as long as they just don't lose sight of why they were looking for, you know, potentially your product to begin with.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think Amazon is making a concerted effort to to, to not always be, you know, the the, the budget brand or the value brand. And I think that, you know, from my own personal experience and just talking with consumers, sometimes you get burned, you know, on Mm -hmm. Amazon. You'll go and you'll buy a product because it's the cheapest and it's a knockoff or it doesn't work or it's, you know, uh, there's no instructions or there's no customer service and it's just a poor experience, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think Amazon is recognizing that and saying, you know, let's make sure that, it's not only price that's driving the fly, flywheel that 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 service and that uh uh that credibility and that it's gonna be right the first time uh you know is 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 there because they're you know they're they're super focused on customer service and these bad experiences are bad for them and bad for for the you know for the other brands on the on the marketplace so yeah we've had that engagement and that conversation with uh with with Amazon and they seem like they're willing to 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 help us as a premium band uh reach our goals
1: yeah yeah i think I think when um, talking about like credibility, to me, user generated content is a big part of that, of being able to, you know, go on Amazon and seeing or on your website or social, literally wherever you are seeing someone who kind of looks like, you know, yourself maybe or remind you of your situation and being able to see them having that product uh, is exactly what is needed, especially for a product that's maybe harder to sell. That's more technical. If I saw someone like me, you know, single mom, three kids, living her best life, but then needs, you know, something like that. I'm like, if it's good enough for her, it's good enough for me. Like, I think that's, you know, the way of um, like Amazon, I think is trying to head in that direction, but I still think needs more help when it comes to encouraging people to continue to post their organic photos in a way that's going to help, you know, your brand sell.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And we've, been, and we've just started dabbling into driving, traffic to Amazon with influencers, right? So mm-hmm. normally we drive them to goal Again, going back to the fact that, 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 that we just have a much better experience on GoalZero.com than we do on Amazon. You know, but we can take people who have big followings of trusting people that say, hey, this, this is why I use goal Zero. This is how I use goal Zero. There's videos, there's content, it's real. They're actually using it. And then we, we drive the, 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 the transaction to Amazon. And that seemed to be uh, a good way to do kind of bypass that consideration phase, like mm-hmm. get them adapted and saying, yeah, I'm absolutely buying, you know, uh, goal zero because it reflects my core values because it aligns with who I am as an individual. Absolutely.
1: So have you seen higher conversions or did you do any split testing between like having the influencer drive to your site versus to Amazon? And did you just see higher conversions on Amazon? I guess, cause that's a more, you know, platform that everyone recognizes you trust the shipping on there. And is that kind of what you saw or did you, um, see something different?
0: No, I think the the campaign is actually just starting. And so, but the okay. early read is is yes, we are seeing that uh, we can effectively drive consumers at a less expensive you know rate to Amazon. They're going to convert at a higher level than what we've seen in the past. So we're not doing the AB test per se, but mm-hmm. if our conversion was X percent, it's now got up by by three or four or five points.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And then, how do you think about interacting with your customer? If they came from Amazon versus you know if they came from your website and they are much more knowledgeable already about your brand and your mission, do you approach those customers in different ways?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I think that uh, we definitely approach customers in a in an educational standpoint. Meaning, like if you know exactly what you want, you're a lifelong goal zero fan. We're not going to talk to you and make you, you know, force you through this funnel of, of, of education and learning about the brand and all our differentiators. We're going to you know fast track you right to the to the to the buy box. Uh, but absolutely we've we've increased the number of videos we've increased a lot of our A plus content and, and and we're actually going through and just really talking about differentiators. I think one of the things that we got caught up in was trying to play the Amazon game, right like as a premium brand and we'd be mm-hmm.
2: like, well, let's
0: keyword stuff our our, our titles and let's uh you know, try to figure out how we're going to drive thousands of reviews and all these things that like you just felt you had to do on Amazon. and mm-hmm. we kind of took a step back and said. All the stuff we do for GoalZero.com is going to absolutely work on Amazon. We just have to do it the same way, we have to be ourselves and be authentic to, to, to our brand. And so, we stopped talking about keyword stuffing and started talking about like, hey, you know, we're designed in the USA. Our, our offices are in Salt Lake City. You know, uh, we give back five percent of our profits to to, to to humanitarian efforts. You know, we uh, come check out our social impact. You know, and what, what, what we stand for as, as 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 you know, good citizens and stewards. And so we started talking about who we are, why we're premium, what, you know, what we are, and what makes us different from the rest of the competition, specifically on these budget brands on Amazon.
3: Mm-hmm. And we're
0: starting to see improvements there. I think more than anything, I think just we're getting back to doing what we know how to do, which is really good marketing and just applying that really good marketing to Amazon versus trying to be like, let's say completely different and be you know, uh, this whole like, weird alter ego on Amazon and just yeah. getting back to our roots. So I, I think I'm, I'm proud and I'm happy of where we're heading.
1: Yeah, that's a really good reminder to yeah, get back to your roots and not get, you know, caught up in the frenzy of the platform. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm thinking about the certain listings on Amazon with the titles of so many keywords and you're like, wait, is this, you know, the newest iPhone cover or not? Like I don't need to see like every single iPhone that's ever <laughs> existed since like two thousand. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I totally. think a good reminder for yeah, anyone, large or small companies to kind of yeah, stay grounded and um, yeah, focused on what you actually, your goals are and not get caught up on the platform.
0: Yeah. And it's easy, you know, you're like, oh my, you know, it's Amazon, you know, mm-hmm. it's, this, this is kind of a, uh, it's going to make or break you. But we, you know, what we found is Amazon, fortunately for us, Amazon has always been a, a small channel for us. It's never been a primary channel, you know, our wholesale, our utility, our, 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 our are all significantly larger. Yep. The ability to like come back to center on that is, is easier than if you are an Amazon brand and, and, and 90% of your revenue is flowing through there. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I can imagine it's a very different conversation, but my recommendation is absolutely like stay true to, to your brand and do the things that got you there in the first place. Yeah, I love that.
1: All right. Let's shift over to the lightning round. The lightning round is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud. This is where I ask a question and you have a minute or less to answer. Are you ready, Patrick? I hope so. All right. What's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for you?
0: So the nicest thing anyone ever did to me was early in my career, I, I got a bit of advice that has, has helped me you know, throughout my entire journey. And, and it was the CEO at, at, at Orbis. And he said to me, success is easy when people want you to succeed. You know, And uh, I've built my entire career, career around that saying, how do I add value to myself, to the organization, to everyone around me in a way that makes people's lives easier, makes people's lives better. And if I can do that, then yeah, success just comes naturally. That's something that, uh, that, that bit of advice has stuck with me for 20 years. And I still, I, I think about it daily.
1: Ooh, okay. That's a good one. I like that answer. I want to start thinking about that too. In my daily walks of life. No, that's great. What's one thing that you believe around e-commerce that many wouldn't agree with you on? It can be a trend. It can be something you're bullish on right now. Maybe you get pushback from your current CEO. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I think I don't know if a lot of people disagree with me, but I think there's a tendency to to have a hard time differentiating between like common practices and best practices. And, and for me, a common practice is something that everybody does, and it's just easy to say, "Oh, well, we should do that too." You no, know, we should absolutely have an email sign-up box when the uh, pop-up little in second you come to the homepage. I hate those comments. You no, know, I always say, "No, let's test it. Make sure it's right for us." You know, and, and sometimes they are, and sometimes they're not. And then I think that. Making it a best practice means it has to be for, for you and in your business and your company and and the ability to differentiate is, is really critical to success. And then secondly, I would say there is no magic bullet. Success in e-commerce is a ton of elbow grease. It's a, it's a constant hustle and just always working a little bit harder and a little bit better because you know, there's, there's no technology, there's no, there's no new platform, there's no new nothing that's just going to solve all your, your, your financial troubles. It's, it's elbow grease.
1: Yeah, that's great. If you were to have a podcast, what would it be about? And who would your first guest be?
0: If I were to have a podcast, it'd probably be something outdoors, you know, skiing, fishing, uh, you know, whitewater rafting. And I think my very first guest would probably be Steve Brunella. And we would talk about, uh, uh, hunting, you know, I think we would go and and talk about the, the nuances of it, you know, like the, the, not the, Harvesting of animals, so per se, but the, the the higher level, just headiness of it, you know, like how you get be able to get out there and, and become a true conservationist to truly kind of explore, uh, you know, nature in a way that's just so much more intimate than going for a hike with your dog. You know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 a, it's a really cool experience, and I would love to just pick his thought on it because he's he aligns with me.
1: Oh, that's that's great. I know nothing about hunting or any of that, so I would for sure listen to that episode. What's up next on your Netflix queue?
0: I'm probably way late to the game, but we've been watching uh, two shows. I think the first one is Outlander. It's like uh, this woman travels through time in mm-hmm. Scotland. and It's a cool story. And then the other one is just more comic relief because it reminds me of my big Irish family. It's called Dairy Girls.
1: Okay. I have not checked out that one yet. That's great. All right. And then the last one, what one thing will have the biggest impact on e-commerce in the next year?
0: In the next year or long term, I think. Uh, Say year. In the next year, in the next year, I think just the shift. You know, the the the, the 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 after effects of COVID are continually forcing customers who are brick and mortar to jump into the e commerce space, and 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 I think that's going to drive competition. It's going to drive uh, awareness. It's going to elevate the whole uh, e commerce world. I think that it uh, uh, it's going to be a big push, and I think that we're going to see people realizing that you have to be on e commerce. Can no longer be solely a brick and mortar. Now you can do both, but I think that's going to be the, the biggest thing we see in 2021 is just the, the continued rapid growth of e commerce as a, as, a, as a whole.
1: Great. Patrick, thanks so much for hopping on the show with me and spilling all your secrets. It's been really fun. Where can people find out more about you and Goal Zero?
0: Yeah, go to goalzero.com. I have a bio on my, uh, my management page, and uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the, the best way. And thank you for having me. This is uh, this has been fantastic. And I really enjoyed the chat and hopefully we can, uh, you know, post COVID go skiing and have a beer.
1: I hope so. I would be so down for that. I need that in my life right now. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Hey listeners. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe rate and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time. Up
3: Next in Commerce is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud and created by the team at mission.org. Subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.